Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Austin Elison is a 2009 Rosemont High School grad. During high school, he played soccer, basketball, and track and field. After high school, he was recruited to run track and field at MSU Mankato. During college, Austin was a two-time captain, running the 400 and 200, while racking up four all-conference awards. After college, Austin became an elementary school teacher in Rochester for three years before coming to Hastings. During his time in Hastings, Austin has coached the B-Squad boys basketball team and been an assistant track coach. Austin gives a great interview with especially great advice for athletes dealing with injuries and how to truly love the role that sports can play in one's life. Here we are with Austin Eliason. Austin, we always start at the beginning of someone's life. So let's hear about the beginning of your life. Let's hear about where you grew up. Uh, you're not a, you're not from Hastings. You're a transplant like myself. So uh, once again, let's hear about your hometown and especially your family. So your mom, your dad, any brothers or sisters, and then uh, your high school as well. Yeah. So I I grew up in Rosemount. Um, so just really right the town next over. Never ventured over to Hastings. Even my high school my high school days, I never even came over to Hastings. So um, coming to Hastings for the first time was for my like interview. So it was like crazy that it's 15 miles away. But uh, so I grew up in Rosemount. Um, I grew up with two brothers, um, one older, one younger. So I'm the middle. Um, my dad is uh, he was a police officer and he worked at Apple Valley High School. Um, so he he essentially kind of worked all of the athletic events. And that's what kind of got me into my sports and uh, coaching and all that stuff that I really love to do. Um, some of my like favorite memories growing up, too, uh, are with going to Apple Valley High School, like sporting events, just running around. And then eventually as I got older, kind of more watching the games. Um, so I, I saw some great athletes go through Apple Valley High School, especially um, even just recently, 10 years ago and stuff. So my dad's retired from that now. Um, and my mom was a dental hygienist growing up. So um, she kind of worked off and on. So I was always with my dad, pretty much just doing everything over at uh, Apple Valley High School. And now um, my older brother, he's, he's a teacher at Rosemont High School, actually still. And then my younger brother is a clinical psychologist, um, just finished up his doctorate um, and uh, working through that. So, And then now I have uh, a wife and three kids. That's awesome. Next thing we kind of maybe going out of order a little bit, uh, you're currently a teacher here in Hastings. So let's just talk about your current profession, what you teach, uh, what age level, and then coaching as well. What kind of sports you coach here in Hastings? Yeah, so I teach at Hastings Middle School. I do fifth grade math and science. And this year, actually, I get to teach one section of gym as well, right at the end of the day. So that's awesome. I love it, um, especially with the coaching background. I love getting in the gym right at the end. It's sixth period every day. Um, I, I, my main, I would say my main coaching role at the high school is uh, the assistant varsity track and field coach for boys and girls. Um, and then I do Raiders Express in the summer. And then I used to do the uh, B-Squad basketball. So this was actually the first year that I had done basketball in probably the last eight or nine years. 
uh, four at Hastings. Um, so, or actually three at Hastings. So this is my fourth year overall being in, uh, you know, Hastings school district. Perfect. And like I said, we kind of went a little out of order. So maybe let's reverse just for a second here. So you graduate from Rosemont High School. Let's talk about your college experience. And I think it's pretty cool, especially when we have alumni on the program to hear about the recruiting process and what that looked like for them and, and how they ended up uh, where they uh, where they were. So mm-hmm. um, let's hear about your recruiting process, where you landed, and then uh, once again, where you went to school and any sports you played in college as well. Yeah, so I um, just in high school, I started running track my ninth grade year and kind of fell in love with it from there. I played soccer and basketball in high school, but quit basketball pretty early on in my uh, high school days. But I continued to play soccer throughout um, uh, high school. And then really track was kind of my my thing that I really kind of took off with. Uh, Minnesota State Mankato, I was looking at a couple different schools. They were kind of the ones that kind of stood out to me right away just because when I visited there, um, I loved the facilities that they had down there. It's one of the best indoor tracks probably in the Midwest um, and probably one of the best schools biased i know you are too oh but, man uh, <laughs> the harvard of uh southern minnesota that's what i always oh, say that's that's 100 percent in but uh mm-hmm. so and they kind of reached out to me and they were really um focused on me after my junior year so after junior year at the state meet um that's really when they kind of started talking to me i was still unsure at the time if i wanted to do soccer or uh track in college um, i knew i wanted to play one sport but um i didn't want to do both and then uh, so a couple of uh, the Mayak schools were interested in me for um, soccer, like St. Thomas and Gus Davis and St. Olaf. And I was talking to them a little bit, but really just came back to Mankato always. And always kind of like, it's like the perfect distance away from Rosemount. It's an hour and a half. It's, they got a great facility. Um, the coaches at the time were, were, you know, great. And then I knew a couple other um, guys that were getting recruited as well to go there. And so it just kind of all, kind of ended up being a perfect um you know a perfect experience every time I would visit and then uh really what sold me was I went down to kind of a meet to watch one of their indoor meets during my senior year um right before the February kind of like the signing um deadline or in February there so I went down and watched a meet and then I was like oh yeah this is this is definitely where I want to go mm-hmm. so let's talk about maybe your college experience a little bit uh, the events you did, maybe how that shaped you as a coach now, um, and then maybe any um, awards, anything like that, that goes along with your, your time at Mankato as well. Yeah, so I, I I ran track for four years, indoor and outdoor. Um, I was I was captain my junior and senior year of uh, my track experience. I was all conference um, all four years. Um, I think mainly indoor, and then a couple times outdoor. Um, but essentially, um, really, um, I ran the 400 and the 200. So those were my main two events. Um, dealt with a lot of lingering injuries throughout, especially once you start running in college. A lot of, you know, I'm used to running just mainly in the spring in high school. And then in college, you train pretty much October through May. And so that kind of, I think, took a little toll on my body throughout uh, adjusting to getting used to that. And then kind of two-a-days with track. Um, you lift in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then you get practice every day at two. So just kind of maybe just took a toll on my body. I had a couple hamstring and hip injuries and stuff that, that like that, just that lingered. And I always tried to come back too early. And that was probably a good lesson for me now as a coach to listen to some of my athletes now that are, um, you know, when they run and, you know, if they have lingering injuries, it's almost better just to take some time off, recover, 
and then come back once you're feeling almost 100% because lingering injuries can kind of hamper a season and can kind of, you know, linger for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 400 race, that just seems like the worst experience of all time. I just, uh, whenever I watch it, it just seems like it's pure pain. And uh, I think it's funny, some of the sports too, you know, like swimming as well, just um, you don't see many people just leave the pool, you know, <laughs> they just get done yeah. and leave the pool. And I think the same thing kind of with the 400, there's just no, you can't quit. You know, you can't just walk off the track. You got to finish it. So that yeah. seems like one of the worst experiences of all time in the 400. So, yeah, if you ever go, if you go to track me, watch the, watch the kids after they run a 400 or 800, those are probably the two worst events on the track and they are laying down, they're dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, injuries. I think those are really important too. And you, you kind of talked about maybe using that experience from college now as a coach, you know, maybe teaching our athletes to listen more to our bodies and not pushing themselves too quick to get back into sports too. Um, do you think it taught you anything at that time too, while you're in college? Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of times we look at injuries as setbacks, as failures in that moment um, that we're not able to get out there and practice and, you know, it kind of really says about our self-worth that we're not really um, living up to our potential, but did you really have any positive experiences from the injuries? Did it really teach anything in college? Were you able to work on other areas of your game while you had some injuries and some setbacks? Or once again, did you think maybe any of those injuries maybe taking it a little farther than you normally could have gone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I was having a really good, just looking at like kind of where I could have gone one season with a lingering injury and I kept trying to go through it. I was having actually a really good indoor season and provisional for nationals and was kind of right there. Um, and I feel like just with kind of an extra couple of weeks, I really would have uh, probably, um, I don't know if I would have made it or not, but I would have been right there in the mix to to make it. Um, but just a lingering injury, I actually, in track, you don't really hear about uh, a sprained ankle, but I stepped on, as I was handing off the baton, I stepped on my teammate's foot and I sprained my ankle, which really lingered me for all of the rest of indoor and outdoor. And it just really sucked. Um, so, um, but it really has taught me just kind of to listen to like my body and then teach my athletes essentially about, you know, listening to their own bodies. And, um, you know, if you're hurt and if you're not feeling it, um, to be honest, being injury free is going to make you faster, especially on the track. Mm -hmm. Perfect. You may have talked about it a little already, but, um, you became a teacher and maybe what really spurred you into getting into coaching. I know a lot of times maybe, um, we want to get into coaching right away and that's how we go into the teaching route. But really, once again, let's just talk about what really spurred you maybe to get to, to become a teacher and then really what made you seek out coaching opportunities here in Hastings as well. Yeah. So I, I started, uh, when I started at park and rec at Rosemount, that's kind of when I started love working with like kids in general and I have an elementary ed, um, major. Um, so I really started kind of just focusing in on kind of that middle, like the elementary school age from, you know, six years old up until like 12 years old. And that's really when, like, I, you know, I, I thought, Hey, you know, teaching is the thing that I want to do. Um, I didn't know right away when I went into college, actually, I went into law enforcement because similar to my dad, mm-hmm. I wanted to be kind of just like him. Um, I, you know, he worked at the high school. I wanted to, you know, be around kids too. And I thought being a police officer, working with kids in the high school was awesome. Um, that's not very common for him. So he was in the high school for like 26 years. Um, and not a lot of, you know, communities have the same police officer in the schools for multiple years in a row. So they always switch out. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do that then. And then, so I, I kind of thought, what else can I do to work with kids? And it came back to coaching. And just during the summers, I started coaching BFS at Rosemont high school. So I did their like bigger, faster, stronger programs with their high school athletes. And I was like, I'm kind of into coaching. 
and I was kind of into coaching a little bit um, after that. And then um, after, to be honest, it was more or less uh, working with the kids to become a teacher. And then after I got to Hastings, um, I was coaching down at Rochester Mayo for about, I think I was down there for three years. So I coached basketball and track down at Rochester Mayo. And then after that, I, I knew I wanted to just continue with the high school level. Um, the middle school level is great, but just the experience in the kind of like the varsity level is kind of where I wanted to get to and, um, and coach those type of athletes. Perfect. You know, you have a, you got a few years now coaching, um, a few years under your belt here. Uh, I always like kind of hearing about, um, maybe a lesson that you might do now that you, uh, you do as a coach that you wish you might've done before. So, or on the other hand, something you wish or something that you thought you had to do in the beginning that you realized you didn't have to do. So kind of a weird question. So let me, let me try it again here. So um, you could either kind of take it either way. So think about now as more of a mature coach, something you wish you would have done when you first started off coaching, or on the other hand, think about something that you thought you had to do when you first started coaching that you're like, man, that was not the case at all. I just had to cut that out and do something else um, as you kind of worked your way into more of a mature coach. So what do you, what do you think that might be for you? Oh yeah. I, I just, this is an easy one. Um, okay. to be honest, the, the, just the aspect of like leaning on other coaches and not knowing everything about mm -hmm. like running and not knowing everything about basketball. When I started coaching basketball, like seven or eight years ago, you know, I just, I was a young 25 year old coming into coaching and thinking that I knew, I knew it all. And so like just now I would, I would tell my younger self pretty much just, you got to rely on the other coaches that are around you, ask questions, continue to learn and continue to grow as a coach because honestly you don't know it all and like the way even the way track you don't you don't think track is a changing sport but really you know the different workouts and the different things that are coming out with science that you know speed is um you know how we develop speed as humans and you know back to, you know 10 years ago i wasn't thinking that i was thinking i knew everything from when mm -hmm. i ran in high in college and high school so you know i i would tell myself just kind of you know, listen to the other coaches around you, ask questions, um, lean on them for advice as well. And I think that's what I've kind of taken in from, um, and that's what's awesome about working in Hastings too, is we got a great group of coaches all around. Um, and we always, you know, we're asking questions. We're always trying to get better and, you know, help our athletes. So, and then I think one thing I would probably for sure, I, you know, kind of an embarrassing, more embarrassing thing, especially with basketball is um, getting on the refs. Oh my gosh. I, you know, when I was a younger, you know, right away coaching, it was, you know, the, you know, transactional coach, it was just worried about, you know, the refs and, oh man. And I was all over the refs coaching. And now it's like, you know, for two years when I was coaching, started coaching for two years, I was all over the refs. And then I slowly started to kind of be like, man, <laughs> I was kind of an idiot. So, um, you know, that was probably one thing I would love to go back and change. No, I love both those answers because I feel like the first one um, really kind of values our coaching staffs, you know, so you kind of ask those older coaches that people have tons of experience, you kind of rely on them for a lot of help. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you're realizing, hey, what, what like you talked about with, with track, the science is changing, things are changing, things are progressing. So you're really never done learning. So I really like that one too, where you're, once again, you're relying on those older people for some help, but at the same time, you're, you're continuing to learn, uh, especially, and then that second part too, you know, I feel like. Uh, as young coaches, we always think that uh, getting on the refs is going to get more calls in the end. I mean, I'll tell you what, it's just like the worst experience of all time because you're not going to get the calls that you think you are. 
and then and then number two is just the the um the way that the refs are going to be talking about you or the way they're going to feel yep. about you and then you get that same ref for another game and uh the coaches uh, the, the calls are not going to go your way then so <laughs> it's just something that uh, i feel like as coaches we need to make sure that we're doing uh or we're creating a positive relationship with those refs because it's a two-way street you know the being a ref mm -hmm. is a pretty thankless job and it's uh it's um you really have all enemies in the gym you know either way either side yeah. is mad at you and the coaches and the kids and especially the parents are mad at you so it's a really thankless job so if you uh can just maybe take a step back as coaches and not get on them so much and create a good relationship with them and i feel like in turn you're going to get some more calls uh in the long run there so absolutely <laughs> yeah pretty good stuff so you've been coaching in hastings for a couple of years now uh if maybe you could think back about your couple of years here a rewarding experience here and if you want to look back at your time in mayo or your time in rosemont as well you can definitely do that but what do you think a rewarding experience has been surrounding coaching for you i think uh, a really rewarding experience is when kind of athletes come back and you i know you see it in the wrestling program and you know i think that's really what defines really success within a program is like even you know i'm looking at the track program or looking at the wrestling and i see the former students that keep coming back and helping you coach, helping you work out with the guys, helping you teach different things. And it's, that's, I think to me, that shows success is seeing student athletes come back and for the love of, you know, they clearly love the coaches. They clearly love the community and they clearly love helping out more kids kind of develop the sense of love that they had for whether, whatever sport it may be. And uh, you can see it on the track side as well with, um, Emily Hofstadt and Joe Robey coming back mm -hmm. and they're helping coach and they're coaching now and they're teaching in the school and doing all that stuff. So it's, it's really cool to see. And I think it just shows a lot about the coaches that have been there for the last, whatever, how many years, 10 years that you're having your own student athletes come back to help you out because of how much you made an impact on them. And I think that's what shows, I think that's one of the most rewarding things as a coach too, is seeing those student athletes come back. For sure. And I feel like that leads into the next question I ask about success as well. So I think there's a lot of different ways to define success. And I remember talking to Jason Cook on here uh, about success and what that kind of meant to him. And I know we brought that one up too, where you have those old kind of, the alumni, I should say, kind of coming back and giving back to your program. So you brought up two people in the track program right now, Emily and Joe Rebay. They're helping coach. I know Katie Kuhn is helping coach as well track. Mm -hmm. uh, she, was an, she was a student of mine and now she's... Uh, she ran at St. Ben's and now she's helping give back as well. So yeah, it's just yeah. really cool. I think that's once again goes to, like you're saying, the strength of a program, strength of a high school, the relationships that we create with our kids, uh, how they feel when they're coached by us, that they want to come back and give back to the next generation. So um, kind of on that next question as well, maybe if you want to expand on it or anything else you want to add, yeah. how would you define success and maybe what does success mean to you? Um, I think success means to me is just, uh, or just in general for the athletes that we coach is, um, seeing them succeed in like their own self of the game. Um, not every kid that we're going to coach is going to run varsity track or play varsity basketball, but like a senior playing JV can still get the sense of like the reward from playing a sport. And I think that's kind of more or less if that personal aspect of it, um, if they felt that they got success from it. Um, so I think really it comes back to seeing those student athletes come back and, um, you know, helping out the program and helping out the future um, generation coming through because they felt that they loved it. Um, and I think even if those student athletes don't even play a varsity sport, but they're there and they're having fun and they enjoy what they're doing. And maybe, maybe in the end, they end up coaching 
um, mm-hmm. or doing something else, even if they weren't a great athlete. Um, I feel like that's one of the best things is seeing those student athletes, um, you know, still have a sense of love for whatever sport it may be. For sure. Next thing, maybe an impossible question. You're a multi-sport and a multi-sport athlete in high school and you ran mm-hmm. track and field in college. So once again, an impossible question to ask you about the best coach that you've had. But if you want to look back, you could pick a couple coaches and uh, this could be a coach you admire, someone that really taught you a lesson that you kind of rang true the rest of your life uh, so far. Maybe a coach you still have contact with that you, that mentor that you always kind of lean on. Um, you call up when you need some help. So um, you talked about your dad too, maybe getting getting you into sports as well. So that could be uh, this kind of coach or that person you you admire in this in this kind of field. But who do you think that coach would be for you that you really admire, you look up to, really taught you something in your life? Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably pick my. Uh... Besides my my dad, I could go on for hours about mm-hmm. you know how much he's had an impact on me. But uh, probably Jay Hatley, he's the Rosemont head track coach. He's the same coach now um, as I had, so he's still coaching at Rosemont now as when I was there. Um, and I think he started in 2006 ish. Um, so he's there throughout all my high school career. Um, I was an athlete for him. I helped coach with him. He does all the summer workouts. So I he's the one who kind of brought me back and was like, hey, do you want to help out with? Rosemount strength and conditioning stuff in the summer um, when I was in college and I came back. So coaching with him and then I selected him because pretty much throughout, you know, he kind of gave me my love for track. Um, He's a huge track person, loved it himself. Um, He's won multiple state championships for Rosemount in track um, when I was there. And recently in the last five years, I think they've won like three on the boy side and a couple on the girl side. And they're just the kind of the faith he's had in me. Um, not only as an athlete, but also as a coach um, to invite me back and kind of seek me out to come back and help coach. And uh, the kind of the cool thing that I kind of learned from him, um, he was really hard on me right away, but then kind of slowly as, you know, he saw that I was like growing and getting older um, throughout high school, you know, he kind of let me kind of see the way of things and then kind of guided me. So he was kind of hard on me right away, but then he kind of guided me more in the sense of kind of putting me in a, a spot to be super successful. Um, so I feel like that's kind of where I'm taking, you know, a little bit of my coaching from a little bit is um, especially those freshmen coming in and not really knowing much about track and, you know, all they've had is maybe the middle school experience. And um, so I've learned a lot about kind of just the, the direction he took with me that's helped me uh, in general. And then to be honest, I think the, one of my biggest things with him that I've learned from him is that continuing to learn, like he won state championships all in the early thousands. Um, and, you know, it'd be super easy for him right now to continue to do that exact same thing. Cause Hey, you won state championships. You're why not do it for the next 15 years, but he's constantly changing. Like the stuff he does now and what we talk about at meets when I run into him and stuff is completely different than when I was mm-hmm. there. So that's really cool that, you know, he's, he doesn't only just want to keep it the same. He wants to obviously get better and he's developing towards the athletes that he has today instead of, um, you know, continuing to do the same because it's easy to do the same thing after you win, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, continuing to kind of build a community and program around that. So that's kind of, that's probably the coach that I would say has the biggest influence on me, just not only in the track track aspect, but just in general. Perfect. Thinking about your time in Rosemont, your time at Mayo, your time here in Hastings, you've worked with a lot of different people in multi-sports. Once again, maybe impossible question, but if you want to pick one or two people, you definitely can. So who do you think uh, a coach is that you've worked with? Once again, same kind of question has had a big impact on your life. Maybe really taught you something that stuck with you. Uh, maybe molded you into a better coach. So who do you think that person will be in your life? 
yeah, I'm going to go with someone that I coach with right now in Hastings. And I know maybe not like a assistant coach or anything, but Jason Cook, um, to be honest, the, the responsiveness and how much of a listener he is, like, he's just so awesome to work with um, in the aspect of, he literally will just kind of, he'll, he always asks your input and he always wants to know what you're thinking. And, um, and he's obviously had some really good athletes come through and really fast runners. And he consistently is always changing and learning and asking questions. Um, he also, me and him also just chat about track like consistently. <laughs> so that helps a lot is like, I feel like um, when I was at Mayo as well, it wasn't, it, it's hard to find like it. And this is surprising in a sport, but uh, like high school track, you don't really find it's a lot of more manager coaches than like coaches that absolutely just love the sport of track and like watch it and watch YouTube videos consistently. And I know cook is one of those people that is like on YouTube, just watching track clips. And I'm one of those people too. So um, I think to be honest, he's probably one of the coaches that has had the biggest influence on me. Um, probably when I've, since I've been coaching. I'm kind of laughing right now because I interviewed book last year uh, for this podcast. And I think your answer right there is word for word, the same that he gave me. <laughs> he said, um, he, he talked about you and he said, quote, we are both track nerds. And so he talked about <laughs> almost the same exact thing. I know track being kind of a niche sport that, you know, yeah. same thing, you know, people watch it, but don't know, don't know the ins and the outs of it. And then he talked about you, uh, being that kind of person that's actively researching yeah. it and knowing people and, and deep into the world of track and field, which he is as well. So that's, uh, that's hilarious that you guys, uh, oh my you know, God, kinda, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is actually super funny. So I'm going to have to make fun of him a little bit tomorrow for that one. I like that one a lot. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so you've been in Hastings for a few years now, and this one's maybe a little trickier for track and field because I feel like you have competitions, but it's not really big rivalries uh, so much with track and field compared to other sports as well. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but um, who knows? But when it comes to track and field or maybe basketball as well, who do you think, or you could pick an event, you could pick a team, whichever one you kind of feel more comfortable with is something that you always look forward to. So you circle it on your calendar. You're always looking forward to this event, this playing this team. Um, and once again, it could be basketball, it could be track and field. So who do you think that event or uh, team is for you as a coach? Yeah, I, I get, I get going, especially for track. Um, the last three weeks of the track season are like the championship weeks of the season. We have, so we do a two day conference meet and that's like the second to last week of May. Then the next week is two days of sections. So that's to see who can qualify for state. And the week after that is a two day state meet. So that's kind of like, you know, as a track coach, you just get up for those three weeks and that's kind of what you've been working towards all season too. So it's kind of the most rewarding time as well that's usually when it's usually pretty nice out um it's getting nicer out and the times are starting to come down and you're starting to see athletes have the most success and you're starting to see the athletes have great times and so that's kind of like the most rewarding and most exciting time for me as a coach to kind of look forward to is that it, we i mean to me i call it like championship weeks because mm -hmm. it's three weeks of straight you know conference championship section championship and then state championship so um as a coach, you kind of get up for those last three weeks of the season. It's also kind of towards the end of the school year. So it's kind of like an exciting time for kids. It's exciting time for teachers. And then, um, you know, in the mix of all that is the, the, the athletes are, you know, dropping times that are, to be honest, like, you know, unreal. And, uh, you know, all the hard work they put in, even right now in March, um, shows at that time. So it's really cool to see. For sure. You've been here in Hastings for a few years. 
we talked about a rewarding experience already. And sometimes with that rewarding experience and favorite moment, they kind of get um, a little interchangeable. So if you could think about something else as a favorite moment so far, coaching here in Hastings, what do you think that would be for you? Yeah. So I'll, I'll take uh, last year when I coached the B squad basketball, um, we were, we were a pretty good team actually overall. And uh, I had a lot of guys that I'm coaching now in track or um, that I still talk to. And um, we had, we had seven guys on our B squad basketball team. And I just remember last year there was a, there's a game. Um, we were playing North St. Paul. It was at home. And uh, we just, you know, in the first half, we just weren't, weren't, weren't feeling it. And um, we were still playing well, but they were just playing better. And you're down probably 10 to 15 at half. And then still in the second half with 10 minutes left, we're still down 10 to 15 points. We just couldn't get kind of get on, into a groove. And then with about like, you know, we about four minutes left, we started playing really, really well. And probably our best basketball all season, we played four minutes of phenomenal basketball. And uh, we didn't take the lead until nine seconds left in the game. And we ended up winning it. And it was just kind of one of those games you look back at and it's like, we played pretty well. Um, but it just shows kind of too. And it was a, it was a huge life lesson after the game too. I, and I told the guys that too, like we didn't lead the game for the entire time mm -hmm. and until nine seconds. Mm -hmm. So you need to play the entire game every time. And we we're down by probably 13 points going with four minutes left. Most of the time, you know, you could probably coast that and maybe we lose by 10. Um, but like the guys just didn't quit. We just kept playing our style. We kept playing the game that we, we planned for. Um, and we led with nine seconds left. So I think that's probably one of my favorite memories that I've had in Hastings and as a coach, just how rewarding that was that, um, for one, they didn't quit. And then two, you didn't lead the whole entire game until nine seconds left in the entire game. And it just shows that you got to play the entire game. You got to run, a, you know, the entire distance you gotta, you just, you gotta do it. <laughs> so it was kind of just the most rewarding and kind of my favorite, you know, moments so far in Hastings. I love it. You talked about your improvement process as well. Um, so as a coach, you've gotten better year after year and maybe not um, stuck with the old stuff. Maybe you kept some things here and there uh, from every year and constantly changed and evolved as a coach mm -hmm. and adapted maybe to meet the needs of your athletes and continue to get better as a coach uh, for your athletes. So um, if you want to go maybe not deep into the track world, um, I know you and Co Cook probably go hmm. deep into the nerd world with track, but if you maybe want to just tell us an overall kind of broad, uh, broad definition here of how you continue to improve and where you kind of look to. And, and once again, maybe reaching out to other coaches, like you talked about your high school coach or maybe other areas, how do you continue to make improvements as a coach, as a coach? And once again, it doesn't have to be just for track. It could be for basketball as well, or maybe just an overall well-rounded coach. So how do you continue to make those improvements in your life? Yeah, I think, uh, one of the, one of the easiest and best things that I started doing was, um, talking to former athletes that come back and they did, you know, whatever sport it may be in college. So they track in college and just talk to them about their experience in college, about what, what their program is doing and, you know, what type of workouts are they running and what are they doing to, you know, get faster and what are they doing to jump higher and all that stuff. So talking to like former athletes about their experiences and then also, um, to be honest, just watching the sport of track and it's, a, it's an ever evolving sport. It's, it's crazy that, you know, you think of just track and you can kind of put in your mind, like, you know, Michael Johnson running mm -hmm. in 1992. And it's like, you think of that, but you, the, the sport has changed so much since then. Um, and times are being broken almost at every meet now. Um, and so it's just showing how much people are getting faster overall. And so there's definitely a trend of some, you know, people are starting to figure out how we can develop, you know, speed and athletes. And so watching the sport, um,
the coaches, doing clinics, um, and then just talking to former athletes. That's probably one of my favorite things. And it's probably the easiest one because they come back and help coach out. And um, it's like, you can just kind of say, Hey, what did you guys do for, you know, this day? Or, you know, when we were working on speed, what did, what did you guys do? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. different block technique and track. So um, those are probably my main big things that I can consistently do um, just like kind of on the day to day. Perfect. Last couple questions then for you here, Austin. You got multiple years experience as a coach. If you could look back on those experiences and give advice to a couple different people. So the first ones we always talk about are parents and coaches. So uh, if you could think about your years of experience as a coach and give pieces of advice to parents and coaches, uh, what do you think it would be and why? Yeah, I think two pieces of advice I would give is uh, um, probably encourage. So as a, you know, as a parent, um, just continue to encourage your athlete to um, try their best, keep, you know, keep working hard, um, encourage them to continue to show up and do all the right things that um, whatever the coach is asking you to do. Um, and just can kind of continue to encourage them because, you know, sometimes it just comes from if the parent is negative at home. It t- kind of tends to rub off on the athlete as well. Um, so just continue to encourage them and continue to show positivity um, that, you know, most likely they're doing the sport because they love it and um, to continue to encourage them to do it. And, and then I think my second piece would be just kind of enjoy it. I, I know I haven't hit that grind yet of my kids being in sports and if they want to be, um, sure. But um, once they hit that age, I just want to sit back and kind of enjoy and, you know, how much fun it would be to kind of sit back and enjoy to watch, uh, you know, my daughter and my son's, you know, playing a sport and seeing something that they like to do. Cause you know, when I was that age, I love to do it too. So mm-hmm. I think just sitting back and enjoying and um, enjoying watching them do it. For sure. You were a multi-sport athlete in high school. You were a college athlete as well. Now thinking about student athletes, if you had to give those kind of kids pieces of advice from your experience, what do you think it would be and why? I think my biggest thing would be to be patient. Um, especially I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about the track it, and this goes for every sport is, you know, not everything we do at practice one day is going to translate to uh, the next day. And literally, you know, that goes for, you know, especially because I coach sprints and that goes for speed is um, not everything we do in practice one day, like you're not going to see that effect next week. It's going to be a long process that you got to keep, you know, working hard at it. And you got to be patient because doing, uh, you know, a speed ladder on Tuesday, you know, you're not going to show up Wednesday and, um, you know, be already 10 times faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a progress and um, it's kind of trust the pro- process that we have going for you. Trust your coaches um, that they have your best intent in mind, that they're not out, you know, no one's out to get you. Um, so trust your coaches, be patient. And then I think the last thing is, you know, positivity is when things are going bad, um, just think of the reasons why you play and uh, think of the reasons why you are in the sport that you're in, you know, even if it's something that you don't want to be in, maybe mom or dad made you just think of it in a positive light. Um, when things are going bad, if you're hurt, you're injured, um, you know, think of, you know, how much better you can become once you come back from the injury or how much, you know, Hey, I got to work a little harder, but that's all right because you know, you can do it. So, um, I would say be patient and be positive. Perfect. Awesome. That's all the questions I got for you. Last thing we always do is just turn the microphone over to our guest. So anything I forgot to ask you, you can go for it. Anything you want to expand on, any shout outs you want to give, like I said, the microphone is yours and you can run with it. 
Awesome. Well, first I just, you know, I'm an implant just like you to Hastings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, the community is awesome. I mean, they've really, I mean, just accepted me as a teacher, a coach, um, the athletes have accepted me as a coach just coming in and I came in and kind of a weird, I came right into coaching track, especially and Raiders Express into that COVID year. And that was just such a strange summer um, when we had little pods of 10 kids and um, all the athletes kind of just took me in as like a coach and um, the coaches around, even including yourself, you know, just kind of, you know, welcomed me. And uh, so, and then the community in general, um, as not being from Hastings and then hearing about some, you know, oh, they're not going to, you know, it's a small community. And I know you, maybe you heard it too coming in and uh, you know, it might not be as welcoming, but you know, they're, some of the most welcoming people that I've ever met within the community. So um, just kind of thank the community for everything that, uh, you know, living in it. And I love being here and uh, hopefully many more years to come. Awesome. Thanks. Austin.